said, hey guys, for the vast majority of people, this does not make sense. Why should I be loyal to a bank that's not serving me any longer? That's right. Both of these concepts come together in sync and it's quite amazing. Velocity banking to pay off your mortgage, we can do it in like, say six years or less. You can find phenomenal home equity line of credits at these small local credit unions. And it's basically doing what Velocity Banking's doing, but even more efficient. I would lose my mind if I saw that on paper. I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually do that if I were you. Hey guys, it's Caleb Williams with guys, I'm with the one and only Denzel Rodriguez. We are going to have another jam session. We have uh, almost a two-hour two interview. Denzel, it probably is the longest interview I've ever done today on our YouTube channel. It has uh, coming up on 7,000 views. Well, the link will down, be down below. But we, you share your story. You share your testimony. You share Velocity Banking. You share Infinite Banking. Um, and we have lots of comments uh, about infinite banking, velocity banking. And what I just wanted to do is like a part two and talk about all things. Let me ask you this. So velocity banking, for, for those of you that don't know, I'm going to give my summary and then you can give your thoughts, is when you go to go to a bank and instead of getting like a 30-year mortgage, you get a first lien HELOC and you put all your money into that as you make money bringing down the balance and then you kind of use that as like a bank. And what you're able to do is you're able to pay off that debt way faster, but then also have the control and use of your money. And and the goal for a lot of people is like, hey, you get to pay off your house in seven years or less. Um, you get to save a ton on interest. And the big focus is to be debt free, which is which is great. I think you and I would say like, hey, that's that maybe is maybe a good motivator, but that doesn't necessarily you could be debt free and broke. You don't you could be debt free and not wealthy. You could you could pay off a 3% mortgage and maybe that would not be the right activity for you to do, but the, the math doesn't lie. Um, but then as interest rates have gone up, there there have been probably some cases where it doesn't make sense to maybe refinance a 30-year a mortgage um, when you're locked in, You're you know, because it's all about not just flexibility, but uh, it, it is about the um, in interest rate, but over time, it's just what the opportunity cost of where your money goes. So I just kind of gave my two cents, correct me, but then also share your thoughts of like, in this new year, velocity banking with where rates are, um, have you, where have you seen the good, but then where have you seen the, Hey, I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually do that if I were you. Mm -hmm. So I'll say yes to your definition. And then if I had to put even make it more general, um, velocity banking is simply the, the use of accelerating how quickly money moves in your checking account or savings account. How quickly are we paying those debts? Because timing is very, very important as we eliminate debt and also interest costs. So it's the ability of the speed at which money moves and how you actually offset, decrease the interest costs of borrowing to maximize cash flow efficiency in your life to then do something else. And I also look at velocity banking as sort of like a graduation process to the infinite banking concept as well. It's kind of how I've been presenting it over the years. Where I'm like, hey, wait a minute, guys. Debt snowballers, Dave Ramsey, velocity banking practitioners and infinite banking practitioners. I think there's a way to streamline this Yeah, where we can start someone over here way over on debt snowball spend less money than what you make, 
be a good steward, let's build your credit, and then we can graduate you to say velocity banking, let's build capital, let's build credit, let's build cash flow. And then when we have enough capital and cash flow, we can transition to the infinite banking concept. And it's basically doing what velocity banking is doing, but even more efficient because of even more flexibility that comes with owning your own cash value life insurance policy. So that's another you know, uh, definition there. And what was the other question that you asked me? Just on... the, I, I would say the pros and cons. Like, what, what are, where are you seeing velocity banking being used well right now? But then, where are you seeing like, where are you seeing like, hey, you should tap the brakes because you, you're actually going down a road that could be more damaging because you're using velocity banking. Okay, great. So I'm gonna I'm gonna break it down to basically anybody during COVID that refinanced their property down to like a two one something two three very very low rate mortgage you've got a car loan that's at a simple interest rate of two three four percent or an amortized car loan at two three four percent you've got very very low low rate amortized loans and you just came across velocity banking in 2024 or maybe end of 2023 and you're looking at HELOCs right now at 9, 10, 11%. You're looking at PLOCs at 9, 10, 11, 12, 15%. This is not going to make sense for the yep. majority of those people right now. Flip it. People who got mortgages like myself, well, I actually have a first lien HELOC on my property, but there's people who acquired mortgages in 2023 and now 2024, and you have a pretty high rate. It's probably six, maybe seven. Paid a bunch of you, you paid a bunch of money to get the points lowered, whatever it may be. If you do enough digging, enough research, there are PLOCs, personal lines of credits, home equity lines of credits, and yeah. credit cards where you can get very, very competitive low interest rates. So, what we're starting to see now is HELOCs are now starting to come down. We're starting mm -hmm. to see promos come back. 4.99% promos, 6% promos, and under for 6 to 12 months with zero closing costs. You don't have to refinance your whole property. You can start with a second lien, especially if your property is appreciated over the years. So for that group, that's like you have higher interest amortized loans and you have high monthly payments. So there's a lot of cash flow being locked up with your car loans. The yeah. average car loan payment right now is like 700 plus dollars. Mortgages are, you have really, really expensive mortgages right now. Your student loans are kicking back in, folks. Yep. Those payments jumped, right? Velocity banking is going to be extremely helpful for the person that has 20% or more equity in their property. For the individual that has great credit, 720 or higher, and we can acquire a personal line of credit. Say so you don't have a home, we can acquire a personal line of credit right now for under 9%. They're, they exist. And there's credit cards right now with 0% intro rates and 0% balance transfers and 0% balance transfer fee. So literally no cost to borrow. The problem is there's not enough voices like myself that are teaching, hey, wait a minute, pump the brakes. We don't have to get that 15% line of credit, that 12% line of credit. And here's yeah. where the misrepresentation comes in. Oh, you're saying people are promoting, but then they're getting people into products that are not High. a win. That's, that, yeah, yeah, so that's rough. Because, because Caleb, 
they say it doesn't matter what the interest rate is. It's not correct. It's all about the velocity, the flow, the just getting in the strategy of moving all your dollars into this credit line and taking it out. And, and that's where I'm like, hey, wait a minute. It, that person would be better over here with Dave Ramsey. They absolutely yeah. would be better over here temporarily, minus all the the uh, uh, egregious uh, uh, attacks that he does. But he they would be better here temporarily. Yeah. Um, hey, wait a minute. That person has a 650 or under credit score. Why are we throwing them into a 15.99% personal line of credit? Hey, wait a minute, guys. You know, these yeah. TikTok videos that are showing people how to use their American Express, their Capital Ones, their Discover at 29, 25%. And they're like, because, you know, when you divide by 12 and the actual monthly rate is like 4%. And I'm like, yeah, times 12 over a year they're not going to knock it out yeah. in a year guys they 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 yeah. move and you're playing with fire you're the, playing with fire they the, don't the thing you got to be really careful about especially with like the 0% credit cards and stuff you got to work with somebody and you, you got to know the pros and cons because it's 0% but it's not 0% in per- perpetuity and and you're you could be playing with fire and yeah that's that really does bother me when people like twist math and people do it on the infinite banking side as well and it's like that is not correct like we can agree that Life ins- storing and using your money in life insurance can be amazing. You don't have to stretch the truth or right. overemphasize something that is just not true if you run the numbers. I love your shirt, by the way, because <laughs> that really is the essence of like run the numbers. And Ooh. there may be, and I'm going to say something crazy. There may be a world in your situation where a higher interest rate is actually like you should take a higher interest rate, interest only, HELOC for your situation. That might be better than maybe a lower fixed mortgage run that run the numbers in the scenario of your situation but i'm telling you normally the lower the interest rate the better but it, it all varies on how you're going to use it but don't ever buy into like the oh this is like it, don't buy into that don't buy into that crap quite frankly of like oh 15 heloc i'm going to refinance my five or four percent mortgage and, and like i would lose my mind if i saw that on paper and my hope is that people don't get dragged into that because you can't then go back and re-refinance your decision. Yeah. So the last two years, Caleb, really of 2023, um, some of 22, but mostly 2023 and now 2024, I've been basically running a financial clinic where I'm getting people coming from TikTok, coming from different YouTube channels where they're being exposed to velocity banking. They go and get this 14% PLOC from Navy Fed. Of, of you know these high rate HELOCs yep. from major banks with closing costs, with liquidity issues, with flexibility problems. You have to withdraw twenty five thousand dollars, and you have to leave it outstanding for the first two years before paying it off. And like all these, I'm like, guys, it, it's really the wild wild west with these different banks. Yep. Um, you can find phenomenal home equity line of credits at these small local credit unions super flexible, very low rate compared to the marketplace. And they just don't know this stuff. And when you finally hit my channel, yeah. you see the type of case studies that I'm running. These are not case studies of people making two, $3,000 a, a month. Like these are people making 10, 15, 20, seven, eight, nine K a month yeah. with lots of debts. And I'm showing the interest rates of their amortized loans where yes some a lot of them are lower than the line of credit that we get but we're not not for example a four percent 
to a 10% line. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm very, very rarely doing things like that. It's more so like a 7.5% home equity line of credit. When we run the math in a year, we're able to turn 7.5 into 2.5 net borrowing costs in comparison to their 4.55% yeah. Loans. You know, that would, that would be something that I would love to have you on and for us to like for you to run the numbers and for us to like, so let's let's make that happen sooner rather than yeah. later. If you're if you're interested in, in that, please let us know uh, in the comments. We'll also have Denzel's channel. Please go subscribe. But I would love to have you back on us run the numbers because I I want to understand that because what I think is happening is HELOC, it's technically an interest only. Um, and so you're able to play the cash flow game. And again, I don't have this belief that, you know, having outstanding debt on your home is a, necessarily a bad thing, but I, I'm, I'm looking at it through the lens of efficiency. I'd rather pay off my mortgage than spend the difference. But if I could invest the difference or have that money somewhere more productive, I don't mind having an outstanding loan uh, on, my, on my house. It's, a, it's like the American dream is like having a paid off home. And I think that that's not necessarily right. And from an efficiency standpoint, I don't necessarily think like if you run the numbers, even when you factor in risk and other things, I think you could make the argument that there's better ways. But I would love to have you on for us to go through that. And I, we know a couple of good players like the Quack Brothers do a, great, a good job on their channel. Love that. Love and that. so like there's there's some good players out there. But nice. yeah, I, I'm more aware of the people that say crazy stuff about infinite banking and IULs and all that. I'm not super familiar with this, but I, I know why you get so passionate because you've probably met people that have made mistakes. And now like, that's a really tough thing to realize when you made a mistake and now you're paying for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I said, I'm running a clinic right now. I, I like, I'm getting so many clients that have bad tools um, because they're desperate. That's, that's the end of it. Yep. And velocity banking can be promoted as a um, like an illusion, like it's like this magical thing that popped up and these banks don't want you to know about it. I'm like, that's not the case. The banks are very familiar. It's just not profitable for them to teach it. Um, yeah. They have the products. They know what you're doing. They don't hate you for it. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's just really not something that's productive for the, for the person that wants to practice this. Yeah. And what they're, what a lot of, um, we're talking about the clients now, not the, not the educator or the content creators. The clients are not running the math yep. because they're just relying on their guru. Yeah. And they go into some kind of a system and they're they're not constantly running the numbers. It's one thing to run the numbers once and get an idea of what it yep. could look like, but this has to be a weekly, monthly, daily thing that you're running because there's fluctuation in rates. Your HELOC might go up, it might go down. So there was a lot of people who had a low rate HELOC at three, four, five percent, and now it's at nine, and they completely forgot. Uh, they don't even know what they're paying in, in interest, and they're moving. They're continuously moving debts in there. I was like, "Hey, wait a minute, pump the brakes. You won in 2021, 2022. You got your win. We can turn off velocity banking and still win." with just making extra payments, cash flow index, using these other other formulas, and then turn it back on when rates start to come down again. Or altogether, we could leave that product and go to another bank because why should I be loyal to a bank that's not serving me any longer? That's right. 
there's another bank that can serve you and is more than willing to yep. um, have your business. So we could probably wrap it up with kind of like those are the velocity banking updates right now, kind of like the pros and cons is there's a lot of misinformation, but there's a lot of really good players. You know, yep. Block Brothers is really good. Um, I really enjoy VIP, you know, Matthew Pilmore, um, Christy Van herself, myself. Yep. We're, we're running actual case studies, real numbers. And cool. We cool. can just kind of put that let's, to rest let's, there. let's have you back on. Let's do a case study of absolutely real life case study of Velocity Bank. I would love to hear that. Let's transition into infinite banking, which is a hot topic nowadays on on the YouTubes. Um, and and so let me like first of all, when does Velocity Banking versus Infinite Banking? How would you summarize that in one minute? If someone said, "Should I do yeah. one or the other? Which is better?" How would you answer okay. that? This is great. I get this question often from all the infinite banking practitioners. I probably have at least one client from uh, a clients from you client from wealth nation chris <laughs> noggle um chris kirkpatrick like all of the infinite banking players even garrett gunderson's team like i have some clients that i work with they're like oh i have a policy with boom i have a policy with boom i'm like oh i know them great and and then some people are like oh i had a conversation with with um chris noggle's team or i had a conversation with better wealth's team i had a conversation with ibc global and I, I, I'm kind of split between velocity or infinite. What should I start first? And usually my answer is I present them with, hey, chances are if we're doing infinite banking for the sole purpose of debt elimination, I think there's more for you to learn on that concept because it could be so much more than that, especially if you're starting the policy with the intention of borrowing from it immediately thinking that you're going to get some kind of positive arbitrage by by doing this and you would be critically wrong if you are thinking that in that most likely you're probably going to be wrong most people that i talk to do not have 50 100,000 plus to dump in and even if they did they're not really thinking about eliminating debt once someone is planning on putting in 50 100,000 or more it's typically the crowd that's wanting to put in 10 20 maybe 30 that are like, yeah, I want to throw in 20 here, take out 15 or 17 and pay off my car and create positive arbitrage. And I'm like, we could probably do that more successfully with velocity banking without having all this upfront costs yep. in the insurance policy. So from that aspect, I think you'd be better over here. And then when we have the capital to finally fund this thing, we can actually let it sit, grow, multiply, build, or do it for some sort of other purpose. Yep. Then I flip it and I say, okay, let's say we're dealing with a mortgage. And this is something I've also improved on as well, where I'm like, okay, if you're dealing with a mortgage that's at that really low rate that you refinanced back in 2020, 2021, and we've eliminated a lot of the other consumer debts and all you have left is your mortgage and student loans, there is a world where we could actually spend more time max funding this policy for a couple of years yep. and then take a lump sum out if you absolutely want to pay off yeah. your mortgage because it's Yeah, call me before you do that. Please right? come on the show. Come on our naked numbers before you pay off your mortgage with your life exactly. insurance. And we'll talk about it. But yes, I, I'm with you. You're saying if you have a mortgage, instead of being obsessed with like paying that thing down, you may be better off – accumulating money in your life insurance overfunded policy having the option to pay it off in the future but what you'll actually find when you run the numbers is you may want to keep your mortgage and reinvest another asset 
assets that produce cash flow or better compound. Mm-hmm. So I usually run the numbers and I say, look, velocity banking to pay off your mortgage, we can do it in like, say, six years or less. If yep. we did extra payments, it's going to be eight, 8.5 or 7.5. If we did infinite banking, it's right in the middle, right? It's a yep. little bit longer than velocity, a little shorter than extra payments. But, but understand, all you did was move that entire remaining balance in here. You still owe it. So yep. you still have to figure out a way to now pay that down and essentially pay less interest. But, but again, this strategy, if you're thinking long-term, Mr. Mrs. Jones, yep. client, if you're thinking long-term, you're already in that mindset. I think you're going to end up being much happier over here because you're going to have yep. all three options available yep. to you. Yep. Either so life insurance for sure is a better long-term asset because there's just it's all the control as if you do it properly is is in your is with you and there's a lot of other benefits that life insurance just has um directly and indirectly the point that i I just want to rehash what you said because i think it's great if a heloc if velocity banking makes sense for your mortgage your house situation that's a big if right now but if that's the case and you want to use you want to use your money to pay off high interest debt or like use it fast I would say what I would say, not financial advice over here, is go for it. Like I actually think velocity banking makes a ton of sense. But that's the 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 big thing for me is are you better off velocity banking versus what you currently have? And I want to see the numbers and I can't wait to have you back on. So yeah. like if that's the case, like boom, like because in insurance it takes a couple of years to to have all the money that's what you put in and and it's my understanding when you you know, when you're putting money into a HELOC, it's dollar for dollar. And so there's, there's, there's benefits there. Mm-hmm. I think the longer you zoom out, the, the more essential and foundational a whole life insurance policy that you're part owner in, that you ha- are controlling the contract. Like, I think no one long term would like, would say like, which would you rather have like a, a velocity banking or like that equaling cash value? And it's like, man, I would have that equaling cash value, but I think there's a there's pros and cons of short term, long term. And the cool thing is you can have both. Like there's a world where you can have a velocity banking and it makes sense for your home. Uh-huh. And shocker, I wrote the and asset, and set up a infinite banking policy or a convertible term policy that can convert to when it makes sense and give you options because I'm a big fan of options in the future. Yep. And let me be a experiment. Like I, I, something that I've done in the insurance industry is actually experiment these radical ideas that are promoted in the velocity and the infinite banking space. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be my own guinea pig and I'm going to do it in my own finances. And I'm going to report and say, hey, based on my results, I don't recommend this for the vast majority of people or I'll do the reverse, right? So let me be someone that as an example, I can honestly say that there is a world where both of these concepts come together in, in, in sync, and it's quite amazing. So for me, it's using a first lien HELOC where I run a majority of my finances through and I'm, and I'm reducing my interest cost to borrow over the long term of that tool while retaining liquidity. And then simultaneously, I'm max funding whole life insurance policies across my whole family, and then leveraging those to do business activities or to eliminate certain obligations if need be. But for the most part, it's making investments that create more cash flow that feed back into building the personal brand of Denzel, Finance Geek. And it creates this um, kingdom, essentially, where I have these tools that I get to pull on 
at any given time. So Do you, what what are downfalls of using using that strategy? Like could the could the mortgage company pull your HELOC? Like if another crazy thing happened, you lost your job or market crashes, can they just pull? Because that would be like, I'm trying to think like, what is the worst case scenario? Right. And if some if some company can pull that money, that could put you in a bind. It, is that possible or is that unheard of or is it like contractually not possible? So I may not be the best person to answer that question, but I had a really good conversation with the owner of uh, Replace Your University, Replace Your Mortgage, I forgot his name. Uh, just Michael cool. Lush? Yes, Michael Lush. So shout out to Michael Lush. I did have a conversation with him behind the scenes, off camera, because I was curious. Because I said, like, hey, you live longer than me, and, and you've experienced certain kind of downfalls in the HELOC space. And so quick little story, the whole idea of your HELOC being pulled is really what happened in 07, 08. I think a lot <laughs> of people got their HELOCs frozen. I think Bank of America was a big um, proponent of doing that. Which, which is devastating. Can we just acknowledge that, like, if, if you were doing velocity banking, that happens, like the whole, all the benefits go out the window. Um, just so, so continue. I just want to like point yeah. out how devastating that would be. So um, based on what he told me off camera was now over the years, we've had certain laws or certain legislation. I, don't, I haven't seen these things before. I don't know where I would find it, but essentially there's more uh, protection protection for the homeowner yep. for a first lien mortgage and a first lien HELOC. And arguably you could say that a first lien mortgage and a first lien HELOC are virtually pretty much like the same thing. They're, they're very equal in terms of uh, protection. It's really the second lien HELOCs that you probably want to be more worried about, especially yep. if your home d decreases in, in value substantially. So the chances of that happening for someone that's using a first position HELOC, I would assume is much lower today. It would be, this is what you, this ago. is what I'd love for you to do for me. Connect me with somebody. Maybe we can do yeah. this when we're together, or I would love to interview them. Like I want to talk to somebody who actually like maybe doesn't even promote this, but knows what's going on and, sh and can share all the pros and cons because that for me is like the, that for me is like, I want to know yeah. and like nothing's guaranteed. But I want to know like how these things work and the, the downfalls. Um, and then I would say the other big thing to just be aware is, and we're, we're seeing this now, is how, in interest rates rise. First, first lien HELOCs, HELOCs in general, are way more sensitive to interest rates. If you look at life insurance right now, yeah, have interest rates on loans gone up? Yes, but you're also your, your interest and dividends long term are also going up. But they're not nearly like it's way more cheap to buy uh, to borrow against a life insurance policy than than you know in a lot of these HELOCs. And what's end up happening is some people got in when the rates were low, and it's like okay, my interest only payment is this, like not bad. Interest rates like maybe it doubled, and and I'm not saying I know people personally that are struggling. I just know some people personally that are like, wow, like this is different. And they had to change some things in their life to make yeah. sure that they so i think there's other things that are important to know and i'm not saying interest rates are going to continue to increase i think there's a lot of data that shows that they're going to come back down yeah. um but i but i think we've like we, it's possible to say the last year we've seen maybe some of the worst case scenarios because i just don't think with where the national debt is and how like i don't think we can survive massive high interest rates for long term um, even though that's a whole different discussion, I don't think we should be manipulating the the rates and all that. I think it should just like the economy should do its thing. But right. I just think with where we are 
with where the dollar is and all that interest rates can't stay high for long term. Um, but that's that's my two cents. No one, no one's paying me for my economic advice right now. So, <laughs> right, no, I absolutely agree with you there. And so, as we kind of go a little bit more into the infinite banking kind of like forecast, another thing that I've been able to experiment and now I'm preaching about and documenting is the whole idea of positive arbitrage. And this is something that you've created a whole lot of material on. And this was something that I believe we had a unique conversation in our first. Yeah, uh, podcast where I guess I was alluding to it. I didn't even really, I didn't think I'd call it positive arbitrage. And then I was still kind of like learning. So essentially it's this um, big idea that I believe the IUL practitioners have really hijacked from the whole life. People is this idea of creating positive arbitrage from the get-go when you, you know, fund a policy barred against it. And basically, you're doing velocity banking. You're running your lifestyle expenses through the policy. And over time, you're earning interest on your expenses, but you're also building up a massive loan. And somehow, some way, the dividends are supposed to outperform your loan interest. And that it couldn't be further from the truth. And I'm someone that experimented and actually did it. So for the last five years, I have been actually running expenses, tax bills, um, all kinds of expenses, you name it. I've been running it through my policies and I've been able to document my, my progress and I've done multiple case studies on this and I've come to the conclusion and said, hey guys, for the vast majority of people, this does not make sense. If anything, you're simply buying time. That's all yeah. you did was buy time. And buy legacy too. Like buy it's legacy, yeah. By buying legacy, buying time, but mathematically, it doesn't add up. But I love your humility because it's just because it might not add up doesn't mean it's not right for everyone. But for the but reason I got so loud about it is there are people even on the whole life side that were making it sound like you fund your infinite banking policy and using your policy by default you're going to be wealthy. And I just think that's damaging, and I think Correct. that's misleading. And I think for I think it's also damaging for our space because you get regulators and you get other people that are like so and so said this and now we're gonna get regulate or we're gonna get more we're gonna scrutinize life insurance which is not an investment which by default um, should should not be overemphasized because of the asset class that it is right and I'm someone that will do the research and go find the origin and so i've been able to pinpoint it to two locations it's either it either came from nelson nash institute become your own banker or it came from bank on yourself where they teach people this idea of funding a life insurance policy you're initially saving money but then also the payment that you're making to a debt that you would actually send that payment to your policy first borrow make the car payment and then it's somehow you're going to create all this positive arbitrage and, and that couldn't be further from the truth because again, I'm someone that did it. Mind you, I'm doing it with a life insurance policy that has a 4% guaranteed um, interest rate inside of it with um, dividends starting out at an additional uh, 1.85, almost 2%. And I was using direct recognition loans where I get paid a higher interest rate than what I am uh, borrowing at, or I'm being credited a higher interest rate yeah. than what I borrowed at. And even then, it's it. I'm like the math 
doesn't math. Yeah. If you look at it over the long haul, the I, and then I told people the only way this absolutely makes sense is if you're someone like myself that plans on making more income and just yeah. completely wiping out the total interest cost of yeah. it by, by well, paying what back you're doing is you're saying, hey, I'm going to make more income and I want places to store my money. And so I'm going to pay a little bit extra in premium, i.e. interest payments for the ability to store my money there long term. I think you, exactly. some people call that the future asset tax shelter. And it's like, that's a that's a good point. And I just want to make and, and we got to wrap up here. The uh, Nelson Nash Institute, I think one of the things that Nelson Nash is very passionate about is um, replacing the banks is the Federal Reserve is a big problem. And to solve that, we need to take on the banking function in our life. And so I think when he wrote the book and the movement is less about the, it let's get super analytical about numbers. I think a big regret that he has is why he put numbers in his book to begin with because people looked at it very right. analytically. And I can tell you firsthand, Nelson cared big about the bigger picture. And it was like, hey, we like banking, the function of banking is a problem. And so if people gave the middle finger to the banking institution by becoming their own banking, financing everything in their life, like we could take over the banking function. And so I think, so I just want to give him credit and and on both sides, play devil's advocate. I think he wrote that from a like, like less of an analytical standpoint and more of, hey, this is what we're trying to do. And like the most profitable business in the world is banking. And so have that as part of your family, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And that message got taken very literally i think some people leveraged it for their own marketing gain correct and and that's where that's where everything gets a bad rap and that's where it's like i'm sure everybody on different sides are are pulling their hair out because um at the end of the day my my whole deal is are you better off are you more efficient and i think it's like um sometimes there's people playing different games and i think some people would even admit hey this is not mathematically the most efficient but I'm going to do it because I want to honor the legacy of of Nelson and take on the banks. And that's another place where I'm like, more power to you. Power like I, to I'm you. not gonna, I, I'm not gonna try to get in the way and argue every little. I just want people to know the truth and why people are saying certain things. Denzel, any final words that you want to say before we wrap up? We're definitely going to have you back on talk yes. about case study. We're going to have some links down below if people want to get to know what you have, um, want want to learn more about what you you have to offer. Um, I'm excited to partner with you and like we're we're just pumped for the 2024 and what 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 is to come in this this new year. So the last thing I'll just leave people with, um, aside from all the numbers and all the logic and all the strategies and the concept, there's another element that I'll leave everybody with, and that's the the faith or purpose element. And if so, if you're someone like myself or Caleb, where we're men of faith, men of God that we also consult with our Father in Heaven on these different strategies that we're doing, that we we go to the Most High, the Creator, we can get insight and pure truth wisdom that can guide us in this internet world that we now live in, where we're making decisions extremely fast at a, at a large magnitude with financial decisions that can make or break you instantly. It used to be a slow down approach of, of saying getting into a, a hard financial situation. But nowadays it's you watch 10 videos, you sign up for with this guru and then boom, you're just like downhill or uphill. Some people have yeah. massive success and that's awesome, but others do fail. And, and honestly, I'm, I've been running a clinic the last couple of years where I'm helping those people that went into, you know, poor financial decisions. They hooked up with this guru, that guru, 
they're, they heard about the concepts that I teach about and they misused it properly, didn't have all the information. And yeah. that's where I'm like, hey, I think there's this faith element or a mindset component that we should absolutely tap into. And I'm okay with missing an opportunity if it meant getting closer to my purpose. Yeah, right? If it meant you know, being a better leader, good. being a better um, you know, husband, father, whatever that may be. So I'll leave you all with that. Thank you very much, Kayla. It's been so awesome. I look forward to doing more content. De- Denzel, I appreciate you. I love you, man. I'm excited to uh, do more content with you. And uh, until next time, have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.